This is Mindful Mostly. Happy New Year. It's a show for those of us who are mindful eh, most of the time. It's lifestyle and wellness in the most down-to-earth way possible. I'm Andrea Collins. On today's show, we have mindset coach Katherine Farkerson here. She is going to get us all motivated to tackle those goals in 2021 from the inside out. Basically, we're going to get into it all. How do we need to change our mindset in order to finally achieve that big goal in 2021? What if you don't believe you can achieve that goal? How can we make that a reality? If you don't know what your goal is or what are some practices that help us stick to a positive mindset and just really visualize the huge lives that we want for ourselves and how to make that a reality. Sounds pretty good, right? Plus, you guys sent in some of your own questions. We're going to answer those and we're going to get to so much more. This is a good chat. This is a great way to kick off 2021, I got to say. But first, this episode is brought to you by Seedlip. Steve and I have been drinking Seedlip all through the holidays. We got the Spice 94 that is so good. If you're unaware of what Seedlip is, it's the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirits. Now, whether you prefer the flavors of punchy citrus or aromatic spices or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a sophisticated alternative to alcohol to enjoy any day of the week. This might be something that's on your mind for January and beyond. It's crafted by distilling globally sourced botanicals. That's right. Each of Seedlip's three variants, Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42, are alcohol, calorie, and sugar-free. Simply topped with a splash of tonic or used as the base for more sophisticated recipes, Seedlip makes crafting cocktails easy at home. I'm telling you, if I could describe the taste of this, it is beautiful. You can taste those globally sourced botanicals. It is an experience drinking Seedlip. Now, as we head into the new year, you want to take a moment of pause for yourself to reflect and reset and refocus, which is so much of what Seedlip is about. Same for this episode. So you want to create space for yourself through little rituals like winding down the evening with a delicious non-alcoholic cocktail delivered directly to the comfort of your home via seedlipdrinks.com or seedlipdrinks.ca, depending on if you're in Canada or the U.S. Now, to celebrate the new year, Seedlip is offering Mindful Mostly listeners 10% off their first purchase on seedlipdrinks.com or .ca, like I was saying, with the code MINDFUL10 at checkout. Do yourself a favor. Get some seed lip in your life in 2021. All right, let's talk to Kat. Kat is here. Hi. Hi. (laughs) So happy to be here, Andrea. Now, this is the perfect time to have you on the Mindful Mostly podcast because it's that time of year where we're all, you know, reevaluating what we want our lives to look like in 2021. 
Um, it's been a crazy year in terms of our lives, or sorry, 2020 was, and then now uh, also our professional lives, our personal lives. So we we have a lot of maybe newfound goals in 2021 or ones that we're finally saying, okay, this is the year. This is the, the year that I'm going to make this happen. And so, so much of goals has to do with mindset. And I think it's so interesting what you've said before that the kind of work we do in the inside uh, it's, it's so important before we can even tackle that stuff on the outside. So I want to talk about all of that today. But what do you mean by that when, when you say we've got to confront what's going on the inside before we can get to those goals? Well, um, I'm glad you brought up 2021 following 2020, because if you think about all the thoughts and feelings that have gone into the last 12 months, it's done a doozy on a lot of people's belief systems about what they can accomplish and what they can't. So this is not a regular new year goal setting year. I think that it's a, it's a year to really go inside when you're creating your goal to make sure that you're creating something that, that you really want, not something that you think you can do because of the last year's circumstances. Hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think it's true that so many times what we think we want isn't what we actually want. And so it's we have to be very real with ourselves that once I get this, is, is that going to be the lifestyle I want? For instance, you, uh, I, I would always write down a, a list of, of what I wanted to achieve of goals. And I'd find that sometimes when I'd reach that one, I'd be like, oh, wait, I don't want that. Or when I'd go back and look at that list, I'd have to say, do I, if I'm being honest myself, actually want you know, X, Y, Z, let's say this big job where I would have to travel a lot or be really, really busy. You know, do I really want that? What truly makes me happy? So um, is, is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, we usually often will choose a goal that we think that we should want because it's the next logical thing. And that can be very dangerous for exactly the reasons that you just said, because you might be taking yourself on a on a road that you don't actually really want to be on. And then you're like, oh, how did I end up here? This isn't what I want mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why the inside work is so important is that we are predominantly driven by our habitual behavior. So that includes our habitual ways of thinking. And it has our habits have almost exclusive control over us. So unless we're aware of what our habitual um, thought patterns are and what we habitually get in emotionally involved in, we'll always just be recreating more of the same. And that's fine when it's along the lines that you want of what you want. But if you're always basing what you want on what you already have. And what you already have is just a result of decisions that you made before. How do you ever get anything really new? Mm -hmm. How do you ever get anything really new? <laughs> exactly. You have to do the inside work. <laughs> so, so it's it's important. In January, I just love, I mean, I'm not a big fan of resolutions for this reason, because we always end up choosing things with that fit into the category of what we already think that we can accomplish. So, so. I believe that we're really, you know, we're, we're, we, we enjoy life when we feel like we're growing and stretching. And if we're setting resolutions that fit along the line of what we already know we can do, it's, it's great for our ego, but it's not great for our growth. Mm. So 
the only way to 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 bypass the the habitual way of uh, thinking about everything is actually to be tapping into your imagination to really blow your your thinking outside of what you would consider at this time to be your logic. So so you have to put aside all the shoulds and you have to put aside all of the um, thoughts of what other people are going to think and all of that stuff and really start to ask yourself like if I couldn't fail, you know, what would I be doing? Like if I could wave a magic wand and do anything, what would I be doing? Where would I be living? Like what lifestyle do I really want? Not what do I think I can get based on what I already have? Wow. I mean, like, how do you let yourself believe that that's possible though? You know, like I, you are a believer in thinking really big, right? Do you set those goals for yourself? Yeah. 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 I mean, the house that you just talked about that, that I moved to from the country, just to give you as an example, that literally came out of my imagination. So, so I, we started talking about what would it be like? Like, why? Here's an example. Okay. We were both born and raised in Toronto. We started talking about, well, why do we live here? And is this the lifestyle we want? And like, if we could live anywhere, is this where we would choose? And, you know, really questioning the things that have been our habits. Like, because we were born and raised there, we still live there. Do we want to be there? And then we started to think about what we really love and value. And it's, it's nature and space and, um, actually a little bit of a different lifestyle. And so that in and of itself was a bit of a stretch. And then I started to imagine what my dream home was like. And what I saw in my mind's eye is um, like floor to ceiling glass windows. And I could see, I knew exactly, I dreamt up the house so much that I knew I'd walk in the front door and I turn right and I see the windows and I turn left and there's a kitchen, it's modern. I mean, way out, way out there in my imagination. And yeah, go yep. ahead. no, keep going. I was just going to say, so that's something that I thought of once. And then to answer your question about how is that you, you repeat it over and over and over. So every single morning I started to allow in the vision more and more and more clearly. So it started to become more acceptable to my model of reality. So the first time you do it, it's like, yeah, as if, and then slowly you're like, oh no, like this is starting to feel familiar and you slowly start to adjust to what that feels like. And, mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it got to the point where we were like looking around on, on, um, you know, the realtor website. And when we actually found a place that matched what was in my visualization, I wasn't even in the country. And um, my husband went to go see it and he, it was such a match that, he put an offer in without me even going to see it in real life first. Wow. Wow. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. One yeah. thing though, one thing though of this story that it, it makes me think of, there were two parts. There was you visualizing your dream home, but then there were the tangible steps of actually um, going on realtor.com or whatever, looking for the house, Sean going to see the house, you know, like, so there was the vision of the place. So when the opportunity came, you were ready to to make that decision, which it's fast that you have to make those decisions. Very. Um, but it was a mix of both. And so do you think that, you know, the actual, so you had the dream, but then someone took the steps of, of you know, actually looking and setting up a meeting with a realtor to go look, take a look at the place. Yeah. So, but do you think 
that we all need to have that giant vision in our head so we can take those steps when the opportunity arises? A hundred percent. So the vision is worth nothing if it's not backed by action. However, what people usually do is they take action before the vision. So they don't have the clarity of what they want. They don't take the time now in January to really push and question everything. Why do I want this? Why do I want this? What else do I want? Am I thinking small? Like really, really questioning all of those things so that you're you're absolutely in integrity with what your heart is asking for and not with what you think. And then you start to take action because what, what happens is people want to, the reason why we hold ourselves back with our logic is that people want to know how they're going to get what they want before they've made the decision that they want it. So using my story as an example, that would be like me doing the visualization and then being like, well, how am I going to afford that place? Or like, how am I going to get, you know, a, a modern place in the country that, that we can go to? And that's where people end up stopping and doesn't ever really become a goal because they've talked themselves out of it before it's even, it's even had a chance to be, you know, like a seed actually planted in the ground. So what should they do instead? You, you, instead you let yourself make it so much bigger than your logic can handle so that you let your, and you repeat it, like I was saying, so that you, um, become one with it in your imagination and decide that you want it, even though you don't know how at this time. And the reason why that, that just to link it back to what I was saying before is that, um, what you know right now is just, and what you have right now and everything you've done right now is only a product of your past choices. So the idea is, is that you grow in order to find out how to achieve the goal. So it should make sense that you don't actually know how. Now you can have an idea like, well, I want to have a business. That's fine. But the level that you want the business to be at, you might not know how to achieve that yet. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So it starts with the mindset piece. It starts with the dreaming big and the visualizations. And then, and then what? The decision. And, and then, and then a decision. A decision. And here's where things become a little bit trickier for people. Because you're making a decision that isn't based on fact, that you can see as evidence around you at this time, right? There's no physical evidence of this goal yet. It's just a decision that you have made based on your internal guidance and your imagination. It can feel really incongruent with the rest of the world. So, so let's say you, you make this decision, Andrea, and you go off and you tell someone and they're like, well, how are you going to do that? Or like, don't be ridiculous. Or like, our family doesn't do that kind of thing. Or we don't have any experience. Where do you, who are you to do something like that? What qualifications do you have? Or we get all this feedback that makes us either quit, give up, or um, second guess. So, yeah. so it's so important that you, that you understand the process that, of the order that this happens in so that you are taking care of this goal as a, as a fragile um, seedling that it is. It's just a little sprout, right? It's, it's not a thing, it's gotta be tended to and loved and cared for and, 
and um and and protected from the opinions of other people. So if how you're, do you Sorry, go ahead. Or to say if you're going to do something really big and really great, it's not going to feel to other people like it's possible until you show them. So to uh, to other people, just to use the house because it's such a tangible example, to other people, it was very confusing, I found out later, because <laughs> people were like, it seemed reckless and spontaneous and 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 like um, like this this house in the country just popped out of nowhere. They don't know the internal process that goes on. They just see the outcome when it comes out. Right. Yeah. Now, okay. So in those, in those instances where you said, then you make a decision yeah. Um, and then there will be people who try to talk you out of it or they're like, what you, you're going to do that. How do you overcome limiting beliefs when you've got people who are trying to rain on your parade? Well, <laughs> big um, question. It's a big question. It's like a very, very important question. Um, you have to be very careful about who you talk about your ideas with. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. For starters, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're hanging out with people who are thinking in the same kind of way. And, and if, and if you, if you think about anyone who has done really great work in the world, who've really made a difference, who really achieved something great, they had to get comfortable being the outlier. And it only looks like they're the outlier because they're leading or they're leading themselves. And if you get caught in mass thinking, um, I mean, look, 2020 is a perfect example. There were, there were people who uh, you know, got pulled down by the mass thinking about the pandemic and the and the virus, and they just they collapsed. And then there were people who thought, oh, opportunity. Oh, how can I be of service? Oh, well, how can I pivot? Right. So they were practicing the thinking that's outside of the environment, and then making a decision. Well, I'm going this way, and then uh, and then saw more and more evidence of people around them who are doing the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. so so people tend to be around people they who they're in harmony with who their ideas are in harmony with so let's say if you for example have a goal that is a really big income goal and you know you don't hang out with people who are thinking in that kind of way or wanting to earn money or, or who are excited about those types of ideas who want to see what it's like to, you know, I always love to use the phrase of like turning your annual income into your monthly income. I love that sentence because it just busts out all of the limiting beliefs of like, wow, I never thought like that before. Mm -hmm. What would that be like? You know, think hanging around with people who are, are stretching their thinking. It makes it so much easier to, to believe a goal like that. If you're hanging out with people who like, you know, are, have a very, very strong lack mentality, it's very difficult to sustain um, that kind of thinking. And this is all internal work. This is all just which thoughts are you choosing to hold on to and, and stay emotionally involved with? It's not even a, it's not even the action part yet. Yeah. Yeah. So much of it is who you surround yourself with. Now I have a question when it comes to you, like you, you set big goals. How do you go into a new year and decide 
which one you're going to tackle and how, like you have a successful business, you've seen considerable growth in the past couple of years. Do you already know what your tar like, how are you laying out your goals and mindset for the year as a mindset coach? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, well, one of the things that I like to do is to take a whole bunch of ideas. Like I'd like to, to play with the idea that anything is possible. So like a dump of everything. So instead of trying to, again, choose from what you think is currently possible to just lay it all out and then simplify from there. So, um, you know, that would be that, like, I love that idea, but that's not for this year. Like, mm. like I, so I sort of push it to a three year or five year goal. And then I also will take, uh, you know, the trajectory that I'm on and, uh, and then I start to play with multiplying. So I love playing around with the idea of, of starting with the really big goal. So take your income and multiply it by 10. And like, let yourself get in the energy of like the 10 times your income. What would that look like? What life would that be? What would you be doing? Where would you be, uh, you know, in service? Where would you be donating your money? Where would you be like, who would, where would you be traveling to? Who would you be around? Like really making it just huge. Cause when I try to think about that, as you're saying that I'm like, Hey, 10, 10, you know, I'm like, I don't even know. Cause yeah. like, I haven't even thought about that. You yeah. know, like that would mean, that would mean you'd be like carefree and you know, we, we it, it's just, I haven't even thought of it. I don't know. Where would I be? Tahiti? I don't know. I probably would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, this is the thing. I don't know that you would be carefree in the sense that when people have bigger goals, they tend they have to have more problems. Well, they, <laughs> they have to have more passion. Yeah. Then you're saying, then you're saying when you get to that point, how can I 10 X my income from here? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, like really you're, then you're playing at the, at a higher standard of impact. Yeah. Then you're like, I want to, you know, fund the education of girls yeah. in this entire village, exactly. in this entire city. Exactly. You know? and, you, exactly. and like you said, being of service, because so much we get hung up on, on, you know, our income. And then ultimately it's like, ultimately you're going to, you're going to be rich and happy or rich, happy. And then also kind of still like having that void and it becomes the next things. Like what exactly. can, how can I be of service? How can I, how can I be more charitable? How can I, how can I change people's lives? Um, yeah. Like you owe it to a lot of people actually that you probably don't even know yet to push yourself to really think big. So if you're, mm -hmm. if your January goal is like, well, I want to, you know, um, meditate for 30 days and see if I can do a 30 day meditation challenge. It's like, okay, well, like, but you know, what else? Like, what if you, you know, you were, you were creating something like, um, you know, uh, that you're getting 30 billion people meditating at the same time. What, what mm -hmm. would that be like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thinking big, big, big can be uncomfortable because for a lot of people, maybe they wouldn't live in the same place. They wouldn't have the same spouse, right? Like, I'm sure you have a lot of clients who they're like, I can't dream that big. What yeah. about this, 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 you know, 
or like my relationship, I, I would have to, I would have to get divorced. I would have to move away. You know, those are big yeah. decisions that have to be made. Well, it's actually an interesting point that you make because for, for two reasons. One is because you're bang on. So, so many people will reject this way of thinking um, because of the cost of it. So there is a gain that is met when we stay small, when we play small, when we make ourselves lesser than, that you brought up partners, like partners, um, uh, we get validated for being a victim, all types of things that we would never consciously want for ourselves. Like we would never say, yeah, that's how I live. But when it comes to putting yourself on the hook to to stretching and asking more from yourself, it starts to become more apparent. Um, oh, wait a minute. If I make this decision, if I, if I really uh, step into this, there are going to be ripple effects and I need to be prepared for that. And a lot of it does show up in your personal life, including with your spouse. So, I mean, I have some people who are afraid to work with me because they're afraid that they're going to meet their goals. And if they meet their goals, they're going to out earn their spouses. And if they out earn their spouses, then their entire dynamic is, is off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and that's a, it's a real cause, or maybe they're afraid they're going to lose all their friends or they're going to alienate people or they're afraid that um, it's going to shake up their life in a way that's negative, not realizing, of course, that everything else shifts around them as well. And um, they will probably end up loving their relationships more because they're going to, you know, but they, we forget, we all, we're always pre-programmed towards like the negative things that are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to, this is such a good conversation and I want to get to a couple of listener questions that we have. Yes. Um, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Jen wants to know, she says, um, I want to start a side hustle this year. I'm feeling like I have all these ideas. I don't know which one to start. How do I determine which is right for me? Um, well, I like that you're choosing that you're asking which one is right, as opposed to like, how do I do all of them at once? So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're making progress there. Um, and I, I'm a huge proponent of letting go of any idea that something is right or wrong for starters, because as soon as we get into like binary thinking, we're usually putting ourselves back into the programming, the habitual programming that I was talking about before, where it's like, we, we wake up patterns of perfectionism and like shame and judgment and also so much pressure on whether or not we will, um, fail. Like just, so it's very hard. You can't access your answer from that place. So I would say to look at it the other way to be like, of the things that I see in front of me, of all the amazing side hustles I could do, which one lights me up the most? Which one do I feel pulled towards? And if this were the one that were to end up being the domino effect of multiple sources of income, which is what it sounds like you're talking about with the side lots of side hustles, which one would have, which one would be the domino that would affect all the other dominoes? So for example, some side hustles create skill sets that you can capitalize on in the other side hustles, or they create networks that you can then utilize the same network, but take it towards something else. Mm -hmm. So 
using your, your excitement level as your guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I, can I give an example of what like that might be? Yeah. For like the way you just described it, let's say you, you, you have all of these ideas and one of them is you want to do your, let's just say yoga teacher training. Um, but then you also want to do online yoga classes and you want to teach people how to be yogis. Well, first you would do your online training because then it's like, you've got that. And now there's all of these other side hustles that can come out of that one goal, or you can then have all these multiple income sources out of that one area of expertise. That's right. That's right. So, and then here, let's add in what we were talking about a minute ago, just to paint the whole picture. This side hustle that you're, that you're looking at would be coming from the place of your imagination of that big goal that we talked about. So what you can do in your imagination is go into the vision of you having already achieved the goal in its fullness, like let's say all the side hustles. So you're living in your mind in that place. And then you look at your options and you say, okay, from the end, like from having achieved the goal, which one of those ones helped me the most? Mm. So you're almost imaginary looking at your life in past tense. Right. Well, it's like a work bag schedule. Yeah. Like here's, here's where I am. And what did I do to get there? And then you like draw your little map backwards. Like you just said, you look at your goals and you go, "Mm, that might be more three to five years. Here's my two year. Here's my one year. So what am I going to do this year to get to the one year goal? Yeah. But making sure this is the catch, making sure that it inspires you. If it's something too reasonable and too linear, then you're probably falling into the, the, the category of um, so logical that it's based on your regular programming. Mm. So, so just even small things that you can push yourself in. So, cause you got to catch yourself at any, any turn, you will be trying to pull yourself back based on your past. So if you have one example from your side hustle that you're like, well, um, let's say you have a, a MLM business and, and you're like, well, I'd like to get that going in 2020, 2021. I'd like to get that going. So where you could catch yourself is to be like, "Mm, the old me would want to just get it going. The new me wants to meet the first level of, um, you know, awards or what that, you know, I don't know what they're called. Um, you know how they have stages. Yeah. Like level or something. Yeah. Yeah. So be like, I want to, I'm going to hit my first level by halfway through the year. Now, all of a sudden you've got a fire under you. That's the place you want to be operating from. Mm-hmm. I love that fire. God, I love feeling Isn't that fire. fire is so good. It's so good. You don't I, have a fire, it's not your goal. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But sometimes it can be hard to get that fire when you haven't seen any, any like traction, you know, like when it, when it feels so distant, that being said, every, you know, uh, uh, I'm, we keep using entrepreneurship as an, as an example, but like it is that state of fire that you will just keep going every single day to make it happen. And the people that are truly successful in the areas that they want to be successful in, it's because they never took no for an answer. Every day they were, you know, meeting new, sending, you know, networking email or whatever, joint, improving themselves, writing a blog post. It's every day taking those tiny little steps because of that fire. Right. And you have to know the order that things happen in. So they happen, every single thing that has ever been brought out in the world ever, ever in form has always been created in someone's mind first. Always, everything. So 
you just have to recognize which stage you're in. And so when you come up with an idea or a goal, you're just in the stage one part. It comes into form by you taking the action that you just described and you start to see the evidence of it show up as you move forward, but you can't wait for the evidence and then to the action. It's the wrong order. Mm-hmm. It'll never yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like you've just got to go. You've just got to like, you just got to know. It. Yeah. And, and take the first step. What was, oh, I saw this great quote the other day and it was like, it was, oh yeah, it wasn't ready, set, go. It was ready, go. No, it was go set ready. Like start before you're ready was what it was trying to say. And I was like, totally, you know, absolutely. It's so true. Um, okay. One, can I, I want to get to one more question from Molly cause we're running out of time. Yes. Molly sa- asks, um, whenever I start something, I feel really excited at first. And then after a couple of months, I lose interest. I'm losing, I'm losing faith in myself as it seems like I never follow through. How can I fix this? I was literally talking about this with my clients this morning. <laughs> um, this is very similar to just the general iceberg, right? So the reason that you're, first of all, just remembering that little amount on the top with how much is going on underneath. And if you're only ever judging everything by the little amount on the top, I could see why you'd be losing faith because you're forgetting about all of the mass underneath the water. So you're losing faith because you're showing yourself a pattern of quitting that then you're saying, I always quit. I don't, it's like a self-fulfilling quitting prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. So when you practice what we're talking about, which is the decision in advance of the, of the, um, of the evidence and you start taking action anyway, give yourself a chance to, to let the evidence come so you can start to, um, see more and more and more of it. And the more you see of it, the more you start, like let yourself set yourself up for wins so that you keep getting excited, knowing the the bigger picture that you're heading towards. So you always want to keep that bigger vision in mind. As soon as you're measuring based on like what's right in front of your toe, it's, it's like looking at the iceberg tip and then, and then forgetting all the things that are happening behind the scenes, underground, like you know, letting, letting connections happen, letting uh, ideas come. Like you're not, you're, you're giving up too soon. And uh, that is so, so common when, when people are looking for instant gratification feedback right away. So, so they're just looking for the, the, the gratification. It doesn't come, you abandon ship, and then you have to start from zero all over again. It's exhausting. Mm. So, yeah. so, so to hold the belief, you have to hold that bigger, bigger vision and, um, and give yourself a chance to get there. It takes time. And what, what does Molly do if she starts to feel that urge to drop it? Um, well, if you start to feel the urge to drop it, it, it means that you're focusing on the wrong things. So what we say always, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is like um, what you focus on grows. And we're naturally inclined, as I said before, to focus on the things that aren't working. And so the mindset part is to control where your focus is so that you can say, yeah, I can see all that, but there's also this. And to be really celebrating the the movement that you are seeing and the success and really holding tight to the vision of 
um, the bigger goal. And what I always like to do myself, and I suggest that Molly does, is um, really connect into why you want what you want. Because when you're associated with a goal, uh, the, the kind of fire starter goal that we're talking about, there's always a reason why that's more than you. So even if it is money, it's like, well, who else is going to be impacted by that money? Like who, whose life is going to change by you going after your goal and achieving it? And when you go there, it helps you to not want to quit because you realize there's more at stake than just you and your, you know, whims. Mm-hmm. Like it starts to matter more, make it matter more. Then mm-hmm. you won't, you won't lose interest because it's going to be it's so juicy. Oh, juicy. I love it. This conversation has been juicy, juicy. <laughs> sure I has. Could, I could just keep going and going and going. Um, Kat, how can people work with you, find out more about you, all that jazz? Well, I have a website. Um, wow. I know. So 2021? I know. It was a 2020 huge goal. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so it's mindsetcoaching.ca is my website URL. And I also have a Facebook group that if you want to get a taste of this kind of energy, I would say to just join that, which is called Believe It to See It. Um, Believe It to See It. It's a good name. Believe it. Thank you. Yeah, Believe It to See It. So you can just join in um, on there and we have uh, masterclasses and challenges and all kinds of great stuff for you to get a taste of trying on this way of thinking. Um, it feels good. It'll It will wake you up. Amazing. Kat, thanks so much. Thank you so much and happy new year. Yes, let's go get them goals. Thanks so much to mindset coach, Catherine Farkerson. You are going to, uh, you can I'll give all those links that she gave in the show notes as well as thanks to our sponsor Seedlip. You can find all of this info in the show notes too. This episode is brought to you by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirits. Now, whether you prefer the flavors of punchy citrus or aromatic spices, savory herbs, Seedlip offers a sophisticated alternative to alcohol to enjoy any day of the week. It is crafted by distilling globally sourced botanicals, Each of Seedlip's three variants, Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42 are alcohol, calorie, and sugar-free. You simply top it with a splash of tonic or use it as the base for more sophisticated recipes. Seedlip makes crafting cocktails easy at home. We're spending a lot of time at home and also it's the new year. I mean, this is just, it's perfect. As we head into the new year, just take a moment of pause for yourself to reflect, reset, We focus and create space for yourself through those little rituals like winding down the evening with a delicious non-alcoholic cocktail. Mm. Delivered directly to the comfort of your home via seedlipdrinks.com or seedlipdrinks.ca. Now to celebrate the new year, Seedlip is offering Mindful Mostly listeners 10% off their first purchase on seedlipdrinks.com with the code MINDFUL10 at checkout. Like I said, going to stick all of this information in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. What a goodie. And they continue all month long as season five. Yeah, gets us motivated and in a really good place with ourselves for the new year going forward. So I'll catch you next time right here on Mindful Mostly.